Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. Favorite wrestlers all day long. Call in. Favorite wrestler. I don't care. 855-2124-CBS. Tommy D, hello. What's up, Ken? Who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Come on. Uh, Let's go, you sweaty bastard. comes down to Undertaker or Stone Cold. Uh, probably Undertaker. Undertaker. Sto- well, that's a- Undertaker. Nice. All right, uh, Chris. The Rock. The- Come on. Do you have any conviction at all when you say that? <laughs> I'm not a big wrestling guy. So The Rock, because he's the, the most Judas noticeable. Pre- uh, Listen, I didn't expect you to say, like, Billy Jack Haynes, that's Billy Jack's coming up in an hour. I didn't expect you to say Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, all right? I didn't I didn't expect you to say Black Jack Mulligan. You can at least set it with some pizzazz of, of The Rock for crying out loud. Just act like you don't even want to be here then. I mean, come on, Chris. I'm going to give you another chance. You ready? Chris, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? I love The Rock. He's my favorite. He's amazing. Yeah! You see? How hard was that? Was that hard, Chris? Took a lot out of me. God, you are just... You're one of the worst. My God. Tom, I got a question for you. Yes. When I opened up the show, I brought it up... Because I said, KD, if KD wants happiness, true personal happiness, he needs to stay in Golden State. Right. And I'm going to get to the NCAA here in a minute. But uh, I said, if he wants true personal happiness, he'll stay in Golden State. And I said, if if he goes to New York, he's third at best. And a couple of people went, well, I don't know. Because I said, okay, the Yankees, the Giants, then I would put the Knicks at best there. And a couple of people wanted to correct me. They go, well, Ken, honestly, the Jets and the Mets are probably ahead of the Knicks right now. So, Tom, you're there. You have the pulse of the city. You're a listener. Uh, of or you're a fan of all these teams, I should right. say. You work in radio. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Give Give me the rundown. What, how How do you rank the hierarchy here in 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 New York City? I mean, I, the Yankees are number one. Uh, the Giants are definitely number two when they're good. When the Giants are super frustrating, like right now, I think it's kind of even. It's It's weird. I never really get that. There's that much change in these things, and I also think that if the Knicks got good, I mean, they would be huge. So I don't know that, really? that that really matters. Yeah, I mean, if KD and Kyrie came, and then the Knicks were like a two or a three seed, I think they might be the second biggest thing in town. They would be the they they'd be over the Giants. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, people hate the Giants right now. Uh, for, I think for good reason. The Giants are incredibly frustrating to to follow the last few years. See, They've been one was, of the worst teams in the, in the whole league, honestly. I, I was even thinking this. I I don't think – no one will ever draw a parallel there with the Yankees, correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. And the Yankees are in correct. a good spot. I mean, they're yeah. not off to a good start, but they're yeah, – yeah, I mean, no one's off to a good start. The Cubs have lost, what, again. six in a row? Yeah, the Cubs have lost six in a row. The, the Red Sox are a dumpster fire right now. 
Uh, so I and I know they're banged up right now. The Yankees are. They'll probably be able to get themselves back on track. The Rays. I tell you what. I picked them to win the wild card. They look damn good to start off the year. Anywho, so it, you have New York, and the reason again, I just brought it up because I think that if he wants true happiness, Golden State. See, the Bay Area might be a little different. People would still claim some Raiders. Uh, the 49ers, when the 49ers are the 49ers, I mean, my God, I they're probably bigger. But right now, you're the king of the kings. You are, I guess so. you are I, the I feel thing like the to Bay, see. I'm sorry. I feel like the Bay Area is inclined uh, to jump on the Giants bandwagon when things are going well, and things were recently probably. going very well. Right now, they're in a, uh, swinging the other way. Um, but I feel like there's potential, if the Giants are good, that the Warriors aren't even necessarily top in town either but well there was time when the, I just think it, it fluctuates and maybe I'm wrong to some people out there uh I think it fluctuates and every night I see it now I know there's been some fans out there listening to KBR and everything uh KNBR where they say uh you know there's there's well you you wine and cheese crowd shows up which I think happens everywhere you got major stars lower bowl stuff it's just gonna start the secondary market the guys who have been going to Warriors games, the guys who went to Warriors games with Monte Ellis, if a guy's offering you $400 for your seats in the lower bowl, what are you going to do? You get what I'm saying there, Tom? Oh, absolutely. So it prices out. This happened in Cleveland. It prices out the hardcore fan because if somebody's there who's willing to pay you double, triple, three times what you what you paid, four times what you paid for LeBron James and all that, you're going to give it up. And so naturally... The wine and cheese crowd seems to be obviously more subdued. They are not going to pay attention to the game as much as a place to be seen. And, yeah, they'll wear their yellow. They'll do that thing where they wear their yellow underneath their button-up shirt, their collared shirt, their that, dress shirt. You? Oh, I think a lot of fans do. A lot, a lot of regular fans do. And they'll act like they're fans and they're in it. But they're there to be seen and they're there to see it. They're there to to go and say, hey, I saw Steph Curry. I saw Kevin Durant. I saw Draymond Green and Clay Thompson. It's going to get worse too, Ken, in the new arena. It's going to be even worse and be more expensive. Even even more of a place to be. Oh, Jesus, it ever. So it's going to be a rough one for him. But it's just to point out that if you're top dog, you're top dog. And what I say about Kevin Durant is I know he seems to hate everybody on earth right now. He seems to be a person who... For everything he has, am I wrong, Tom? He seems miserable. Oh, I totally agree. And he also seems like he has a specific complex about LeBron and being number two in yes, his own era. Like yes. He's almost like trapped in this arc that he doesn't want to be on, which is, I think, how he found himself in Golden State but, to begin with, and everybody hates him for it. So now see, not, uh, he almost no, feels like he has no choice but now to move on. Well, you're going to get me on the diatribe because it's already over for Kevin. That's The media decides who the next LeBron is. We need to make this abundantly clear. The next LeBron is already Zion Williamson. Or Giannis, Tom, I guess. I, I don't even think it's Giannis. And and don't take this the wrong way. I'm not trying to be a xenophobe over here. Okay. It's, it, 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 we, Yikes. Hey, he's, okay. he's a remarkable basketball player. He's a fine young man. We appreciate American stars here. You I get what that. you're saying. I get what you're saying. I mean, even, even the stars of stage and screen who are Canadian, we claim as our own. It's just what we do. So, I, Alex Trebek, we claim Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek is from Canada. But what I'm saying, I, I think Reynolds. that... The way there you go, bingo. The way that we do this, the media creates the next LeBron. The media created the next Michael. Kobe, we didn't want Kobe to be the next Michael. We didn't allow Kobe to be the next Michael. Look at Kobe's numbers. This is going to go to a place. I'm going to end up doing NCAA in a second here. This is going to go to a different place. Just look at what it is. And Kevin Durant wants to go to to, to New York. 
Just be who you are. You're one of the best of the generation. We will not allow you to be the best. LeBron is the best. And I know LeBron, his career right now is at a crossroads. Your first big-time major injury, your teammates hate you, and they're not going to be your teammates anymore. You will get your coach fired. I think you're more worried about Space Jam 2 than you are about winning championships, and I don't think you did what you should have been doing, which is protect what made you the icon. You didn't do that. You forgot that. That's a LeBron mistake. But still, LeBron will always be the icon of the generation. And we decided when we put him out, I'm talking the we as the media, when we put him on the cover of Sports Illustrated and ESPN the magazine and we did the documentaries and we started to put his games on ESPN when he was in high school, it didn't matter what Kobe was doing. He was never going to be the next Michael. LeBron was the next Michael. Kevin Durant is a two-time finals MVP. He's an Olympian. He's a world's champion twice over. He's the best player on the best team. He should be an MVP. He won't be, and probably not deserving this year, but he won't be. It's over. You're not the net. You're 12 years into the career. You're not LeBron. Accept it. It's okay. We've made Zion Williamson the next LeBron. Not Giannis, not James Harden. Sorry, certainly not Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is way too mean. No, and I love Russell. He's way too mean to people. Like, there, we, we do this, there's an approachability, there, there's, it, it's, a, it's a political thing. It, it really is a campaign. Bring in the best players you can possibly think of. Steph, too old, not dominant enough. Giannis, sorry, not American. Kawhi, too quiet, too way off the reservation. Anthony Davis, great stats, not good enough. Been a rough year. Gave the camera the finger the other day. Joel Embiid, too often injured. Great on social media, too often injured. Zion Williamson has Duke. He'll be with Nike. The shoe broke. They have to sign him. They have to sign him to whatever he wants because you can't allow anybody else to be with him. So he'll be with the creme de la creme of of manufacturers, of the people, the wardrobe. He'll be of all that. He's offered in ninth grade. The dunks, the highlights. He's doubled college basketball ratings. He's got a strong fan base. He's nice. He comes off as a nice person. Being Duke, he's already being trained to how to de- how to deal with strong media, people asking him questions, cameras in his face at all times. He's already ready for it. There's nothing Kevin can do. And so for me... If I'm looking at Kevin, why? Why would you ever? New York? You have a problem with 17-year-olds DMing you on social media. You want to go to New York City where they haven't won a championship since, again, Tom, 1973, right? I want to make sure I'm right. Yes. Okay, so if you can't eclipse the legacy of Dave DeBusher, what are you there? The next Bill Bradley. Thank you. I'm not trying to be mean-spirited to Dave DeButcher. I'm Dave DeButcher. I'm being dead-ass serious about this. There is, if he goes there with Kyrie Irving, who's also certainly a little bit off the reservation right now, you go there with Zion Williamson. You could do a lot of damage, and you could win. If you don't, holy jeez. I think the idea, Ken, is that he it's isn't it the biggest challenge in the NBA, which actually might be more it might be more of a media narrative than an actual KD plan. He could be lining up for Brooklyn or even somewhere else. You're so right. But from the not even go go ahead from the media perspective, it is the single hardest challenge in the NBA. So how do you redeem yourself after pulling that 
Uh, not great move to go from OKC to Golden State after blowing a 3-1 lead to them in the conference finals and texting them during the series is to go and win with the Knicks. But I don't know that that's actually how he's even thinking about it. But I don't think that that's – you have to be – to go to a place like New York, it takes a special person, a special athlete to go to a place like New York. There's a couple cities like that. But New York City, you know it better than I do. And if I'm wrong about any of this, you, Chris, Peter, anybody, go ahead and correct me. Oh, you're dead on. Because he could go – if he doesn't win a championship, which he very well could with that lineup, I mean, my God, that starting five that includes those three – You'd have an inside look at winning a championship, but you're going to be miserable every step of the way. Anytime there's any sort of a problem, you're going to get it. They demand excellence. I know he's being blamed for any problem with Golden State because he's not one of the originals. He is not one of the drafted big three. If he signs a contract tomorrow, that immediately changes. That I promise Kevin Durant that. It immediately changes. For him personally, a guy who gets worked into a shoot with people who are underage on social media, one of the icons of the icons, the 1% of the NBA. You want to go to New York City and play there and, and, and try to bring that franchise back to prominence where James Dolan will basically do what he can to sabotage you, and that's the rest I can say because I don't want to get sued by the guy. That has had all that mess. You want to be, you want to have that pressure to bring it on. And you might win a championship. The only way you find happiness is if you win a championship and you're already the guy. Not me. Kevin Durant's already the guy to say that championships don't matter as much to him. Then why are you leaving Golden State? West Coast, warm, laid back, fun. New York is mean. You need to be a badass, a hardcore you-know-what to play in New York. That's with any of those teams. Look at what Derek Jeter's done with the Marlins, and he doesn't give a damn what Marlins fans think of him. He played in New York. He's the right type of guy to play in New York. It will make you cold-blooded, and you want to go there? I don't even I don't even want to drive around New York. I'm way too nice of a person for New York City. We love you, Ken. Thank you. But also, the team is it. I mean, yes, dealing with the media is going to be difficult. The team needs a complete rebuild. And I would not assume Zion is going to be on this team. In fact, I would bet that he isn't. There's a draft simulator. If you go to a great website I love to use, tankathon.com, you can sim the lottery. You can sim the lottery over and over again. And I just had to sim it 14 well, times, Ken, 14 times before the Knicks got the first pick. The Knicks are not going to have the first pick. You, you got the Knicks. Fixed. You got the Knicks. And I know we got to get the calls. I'm going to get the calls in the next segment. I, I guess I'll yell at the NCAA at another point. Actually, it's not even with the NCAA. Um, you got the Knicks. You got the, you got the Suns. You got the Cavs. Uh, I think that if we're talking about rigging the thing, which I know everybody and their brother says it's really not rigged, it's just something fans like to tell themselves because their team didn't win the lottery. Yeah, I don't think it's rigged. But if we're going to talk about this, you know the market that really needs it the most would be Phoenix. It's a huge market. It's a great weather. It's got a lot of people, and the Suns have been terrible for basically my entire adult life with the exception of Charles Barkley and Kevin Johnson. They just got the pick, though. If they get the number one spot, I know, but if they get the number one spot, you get Zion Williamson. Whoever gets Zion, you're selling the place out for the entire season, basically. So you need that. The Knicks are still the Knicks. You're always going to be over there in the corner. You're still in New York, so you're always going to be there in the corner. You're probably in play for a lot of free agents, but it would probably put a little bit more pressure on James Dolan to sell the team. I know that's been a rumor that's thrown out there. I think that Bill Simmons would have a stroke and die if the Cleveland Cavaliers got the number one overall pick again. 
Bill Simmons, the Adam Silver, because he's a caring person about Bill Simmons' health, will not allow the Cleveland Cavaliers to get the number one pick again. You know, and to be honest with you, I'd probably be so surprised I'll have a heart attack and die in my living room in May. I, I'll have a newborn kid. You have to think about my future. I'd be shocked. And honestly, in places like Phoenix, Phoenix is scary, but a place like Cleveland, the NBA likes being in, in mid-markets. They like being the top dog there. That's why uh, secretly Adam Silver fights any other any other franchise coming into or any other sports entity coming into San Antonio because it's a good sports town, and they love the Spurs, and they really, really want football. That's why they were selling the most tickets for the AAF, because they really want football, and they really, really, really want some baseball. And no, Adam Silver doesn't want to allow that to happen. David Stern doesn't want to allow that to happen. Hell, Daniel Stern probably doesn't want that to happen. So you got to be careful about these things. But again, I, I know that we've gone way past it, but when I look at Kevin Durant, why, why, why? Every time I look at you, you're more miserable than the last time I saw you. You have millions of dollars. You got championships. You're an MVP. And you look to be the most miserable person in sports. Ernie Grunfeld just got put out of his misery. Misery. You look way more miserable than Ernie Grunfeld. 855-212-4CBS. We got calls. We'll take them. I'll yell at politics coming up. Also, more Bryce Harper, please. What I saw this week was absolutely delicious. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Did you hear that in the background? Audio courtesy of the Phillies Radio Network. Who else heard that in the background? The MVP chance in Washington with Bryce Harper because only Phillies fans were left in the stands. I need more Bryce Harper, and I'm serious. Baseball needs more guys like Bryce Harper. It has been a long time. Unless it, baseball is a regional sport, if your team's on, you're not going to watch other teams. So if your team starts at 7.05 your time, you're going to watch the Dodgers. You're not watching the Giants. You're just not watching the other games. Unless you're that strong of a fantasy player, well, then obviously you have something over everybody. But if you're just a fan, you're not doing it. I went out of my way to watch this game. I went out of my way to watch Phillies Nationals. I'm not a Phillies fan, and I'm certainly not a Nationals fan. Went out of my way. It was awesome. First off, you have a full stadium there to boo Bryce Harper. Phillies end up winning that game. He hits a home run in the top of the eighth inning, and the bat flip, I don't even know if the thing's landed yet. We need more Bryce Harper. We need more villains. We need more people. That people know and are actively loved and hated. You put emotion in sports, it's beautiful. And the other night was beautiful. MVP chance. Those Phillies fans, the last ones there, taking over the stadium at the end of that game. MVP in for Bryce Harper. This is the equivalent. You need a bad guy. It's good versus evil in sports. And just like we've been taking calls about WrestleMania and favorite wrestlers and things like that, it's the same thing in pro wrestling. Good versus evil. You want good to triumph. And that's what Philly fans got. And for Nationals fans, ooh, God, that's embarrassing. Everybody's gone in the eighth inning. The rest are Phillies fans. And he comes up and he socks the home run and does one of the biggest, greatest, most sensational bat flips you'll ever see in your life. That was the baseball equivalent 
to Hulk Hogan getting out the spray paint and doing the NWO on somebody's back. That's what Bryce Harper did to the Nationals the other night. That's what Bryce Harper did to the Nationals and Nationals fans. And if you're showing up to boo, by the way, I think Clinton Yates said the same thing yesterday. You stay the whole time. You boo the whole time. You showed up for a specific reason. To boo Bryce Harper, you wanted to make your jerseys. You wanted to say that he was a bad guy and he sucks and he's a turncoat and all he cares about is money, even though we'd all leave for money. And I love that. Stay and boo the whole time. Don't blame him because the Nationals didn't get it done again. Now, you can blame him for last year because he was not good last year. But other than that, yeah. Oh, it was great. Just beautiful. 855-2124-CBS. Let me get to Mark in Buffalo. Hello, Mark. Hello, Ken. Thank you for Go taking ahead. my call. Glad to have you, buddy. Who's your favorite wrestler? Tell me what's going and on. My favorite one was George the Animal Steel. The best thing about George the Animal Steel is that for most of his career, his own people in his own neighborhood had no idea what he did. Right. That's what I heard. That is so, and, and there's always there's pictures of him because he was a high school coach and a high school teacher, and there's pictures of him on the sidelines. Yep. And the kids had no idea that he would leave on the weekends and go to New York and go wrestle and then come back. And he was just, uh, he was just yep. George. Well, he was just yep. he was just their teacher yep. and their coach. Yep, but got to be one of the favorites. And he had a passion for Miss Elizabeth. Well, I mean, he only chased her around the ring a few times, Mark. Yeah, I, mean, I know. You know. That's what I mean. He, he like you said, the, what he did on the outside, and a lot of people didn't re, 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 realize that. But, yeah, it was it was quite interesting. Mark, I thank you so much for the call. 855-2124-CBS. To go to Mark's point with WrestleMania 1, I think it was Macho Man versus uh, George Animal Steel. I'm sorry. There's no way. If I'm Macho Man, there's no way I'm touching him. I don't do well with body hair. Love Georgie Animal Steel. I don't do well with body hair. Phil Hecken going to be joining us next. We'll talk jerseys with him. We'll talk about guys making their own jerseys, by the way. I mean, if you really just want to buy a new jersey, just buy a new jersey and be a Nationals fan if you really want to. 855-2124-CBS. Also, 1 p.m. Eastern, Brandon Silver is going to join us. We'll talk about the absolute train wreck that the AAF became. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4227 at CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by Geico. There's a quick way you can save money. You switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. You hear the Stone Cold music. It's the same thing when you bring on Phil Hecken. When you hear the glass, it's your ass. Phil Hecken joining us. UniWatch, Deputy Editor, Sporting News. Find him on Twitter, at Phil Hecken. The great Phil Hecken joining us on the show who wrote, for better or for worse, talking about the Jets unveiling of their new uniform on Thursday, what it means for the rest of the league, what it means with Nike and the NFL, and other sports as well. Phil, thanks for joining us today, my friend. Hey, Ken, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. It's been a while since we talked to you since the Browns unveiling, and now they're set to unveil another one coming up next year. We'll talk about that here in a bit. Nike, they dropped a uh, new jersey on everybody, and everybody paid attention. This one was the Jets. Uh, overall, what'd you think about the Jets jerseys? 
Well, let's just say, and and thanks for uh, plugging today's post on UniWatch, where I give a really a full rundown of my thoughts. But briefly, um, I don't hate it. Um, I was fearing uh, the worst, and as you've seen <laughs> with your Browns, um, when Nike has a heavy hand in the design process, things can um, kind of go awry. Um, I really like the green color, um, and I really, really like the green helmet. Uh, I think that's uh, that's sharp. I, you know, they had the white helmet before which harkens back to the Joe Willie Namath Super Bowl days, and it's a classic. So I was kind of uh, fearing the worst there. And, um, you know, other than a big, fat Jets wordmark with a football, which is also completely unnecessary, um, I really I really like the color green. Of course, they have the um, the third uniform or the, uh, the alternate, the all-black uniform, which, you know, that was kind of uh, okay in the 90s and maybe the early 2000s, and it's, yeah. uh, we call it black for black's sake on UniWatch. I could do without that, but, you know, it, look, they've got to sell uh, jerseys, both uh, the Jets and the NFL and Nike. And, uh, you know, it's what, what the kids want, as they say. But uh, overall, I'm, I'm fairly impressed with the restraint the Jets showed. And uh, as I look at it more and more, it's growing on me more and more as well. What about the New York on the front? Well, unfortunately, that seems to be a trend. I don't know if we can necessarily fault Nike for that or if it's just the way uniform design is going these days, but uh, they should have made it a lot smaller, and I don't think they even need a a word mark on the jersey at all. Uh, We know you're the Jets, um, and we know you're from New York, at least one would assume, so you probably don't need to, quote, shout it loud and proud like they are doing, but... um, you know, it is what it is. That's probably my biggest complaint, actually, with the with the new uniform. Phil Hacken joining us on the show. I, a lot of people have been a little bit worried uh, about Nike because, first off, like we always complained about what Adidas has done to some uniforms in college sports. Uh, Nike's done some pretty good things in college sports, and I, yeah, your opinion on it's better than mine. I'm not the designer here, but uh, some people were excited when Nike came in, and a little bit of it has been hit or miss with some of the redesigns that have gone on, where do you think some of the mistakes have been made? Where do you think are some of the positive things that are going with Nike and the NFL and their, their relationship together on the jerseys? Well, let, let, let me first start by saying that um, while Nike is the uniform provider, um, the NFL and its teams are still the client. So they have final say in this. No matter how much of a heavy hand Nike may have in the design process, no matter how much they may, quote-unquote, think they know better, um, you know, uh, and, and probably they do have a pulse on, you know, what the, uh, the demographic that buys the jerseys, because you know that that's driving a lot of this. Um, it's still the team that makes the final decision. So while we can fault Nike for maybe pushing things in this direction, you have to fault the teams for approving it. Um, and, um, yes, yeah, some of the, the redesigns they've done, they've had the league contract since 2012 have been, uh, Hit or miss, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think, was, if not if not the Browns, then the, then the Buccaneers were probably one of the worst redesigns we've seen. Um, but I think they did well with the Jets, all things considered. They certainly did okay with the Dolphins. Um, the Lions was maybe a push. I like what they did with the Vikings. Uh, I don't really yeah. like what they did with the Oilers. And I think that they redeemed themselves on the Jaguars. You know, the Jaguars have had two redesigns under Nike, first yeah. in 2013, um, which was the one, you know, with that awful two-tone helmet and the, just the garish, you know, colors and fonts. And um, last year they got a new uh, uniform, which kind of harkens back to a much more simplistic era. So, yeah, hit, hit and miss overall. But, again, it's the, it's the teams that make the final call on this, not Nike. Well, you bring up an interesting thing here with, with Jacksonville. And uh, because, Phil, when, when you look at the NBA, I mean, there's just so many different jerseys, it doesn't really matter. 
Uh, but in the NFL, I, there's especially with a team like Jacksonville where the fan base can show up one game and, and then it's completely gone for the rest of the year. Can a jersey, and certainly maybe we saw this with the last one, how much of an effect can it have on a fan base where all of a sudden now you don't have anything to really cling on to. Now all of a sudden you don't have any tradition uh, that you can really get into, and then when you're constantly changing it, maybe it starts to even make people go away, especially if you just have some ho-hum teams playing in those jerseys. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think the um, winning solves a lot of, of problems. And if the Browns had won the Super Bowl in the uniforms that they're currently wearing, they would be a lot more positively received. Unfortunately, the Browns, and just I'm sorry to use them as an example, um, except for this past season, have not had a particularly good run in the New Jerseys, which makes all of the flaws and all of the design, you know, doodads and 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 whatnot. Uh, it, it it exaggerates it and exacerbates it and makes it you know people hate the jersey even more. I always point to the. Uh, 86 Mets, who won the World Series, wearing what, in my opinion, is not their worst uniform, but it certainly is not a good design, in my opinion. The pinstripes with the racing stripes, the big, fat, orange, blue, orange racing stripes. But New York fans absolutely adore that uniform because they won a World Series in it. Um, and I think if Jacksonville um, has success in these new uniforms, they will be seen as, you know, not maybe instant classics, but certainly they'll be remembered a lot more fondly than they are. Same thing with Tampa Bay. They won a Super Bowl wearing red and pewter, uh, or brown now, um, but the new uniforms, they've been fairly awful in. They've never made the playoffs wearing them, and while it's terrible design, if they'd have won a Super Bowl wearing them or made the playoffs even, they might be viewed in a more positive note. So I think winning... Um, has more of an effect on jerseys and the fans' perception of them than the actual jersey itself. Uh, I tend to look at jerseys from a you know design perspective. I don't look at them from a success pers- perspective, but I'm I might be in the minority there. Well, I think that you hit it dead on right there because uh, speaking from my experience, we hated the soccer style jerseys until Kyrie hit the shot. So right. uh, I w- I would agree with you on that. I loved what you had to say about the the wearing black for the, for just that reason, just black for black's sake. Uh, how do you stop that from happening? Again, I know that you say, well, it's the teams that are involved or the teams that make the final decision. That's understood. Can you put pressure on a team to not do that? Because I thought black went with everything and I'm seeing this black Jersey with the green and I'm going, "Eh, yeah, I just don't think it's, I don't think it's necessary. Well, apparently the the Jets wanted to have a, um, a third color. Um, And what do you add with green and white? That's not, you know, maybe gray or silver. That's kind of an Eagles thing. Yeah. Uh, so I guess black is maybe the logical choice in that, but I, I disagree, you know, with, with the black for black sake. But look, a lot of this, and, you know, I, I, I hate to sound cynical, is driven by jersey sales and merchandise sales. And mm-hmm. fans, it has been shown, like to wear a black jersey. Um, and, uh, you know, it goes with everything. It looks cool, whatever you want to say. So that no doubt plays, uh, you know, a large factor in the design. You want to push a team for a third jersey? Well, just make a black jersey because in a way it's kind of a, you know, the, the, the opposite, the inverse of the white jersey. You just throw the same colors on there and you flip, you know, you flip the, the, the colors. Uh, if the numbers are green, they can still be green or you'd make them white like in the Jets case and, and you have the same. So it's basically the black jersey is the white jersey in inverse. Phil Hecken joining us on the show. When the Dolphins have their throwbacks, my father's a Dolphins fan. And so by proxy, I've always had a soft spot for the Dolphins. And they wear that throwback, and I just adore them. Why do people love throwbacks? 
I think a lot of it obviously is, is nostalgia. Um, you know, I grew up in the, in the seventies. Um, and when teams throw back, especially baseball teams now, um, it gives me a sense of, of re, sort of reclaiming my childhood. Um, the dolphins, um, sort of won. Uh, I mean, it wasn't the exact uniform, but it's as close as you're going to get the Super Bowl. Uh, wearing the the aqua and the white versions of the of those jerseys, and I actually believe that the Dolphins are going to introduce a um, a new white version of the throwbacks for this for this fall. We that's not official yet, but that's what mm-hmm. I'm hearing. Um, and 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 a lot of it is nostalgia, but a lot of it also is good design. The uniform looks good today because it looked good back then. It's just got your you know your basic elements. It's got simple striping. It's got a good color, nice block fonts, legible. Um, you know there are certain uniform design elements that are universal and will look good 30 years from now, 40 years from now. I think that the Jets, the, the new Jets uniform, I think we're going to look back. They're supposedly going to keep these for 20 years. And I think we'll look back and in 20 years, it'll, it'll still look pretty good. Phil Hecken joining us on the show. Yeah, probably. Uh, all right. The Browns are up next year. What mm-hmm. would you do? What would you fix? How would you go about it? Ideally, I'd go back to, I don't want to say maybe the cardiac kids era, um, although I do like the orange pants with the brown jerseys, but um, I would obviously like them to go back to something that they had before the, um, you know, the, the last Nike redo. Just keep it simple, a brown jersey and white pants and a white jersey and white pants. I don't like the brown pants. I especially don't like what they had before with the brown pants that had no stripes on them. If you're going to wear brown pants, you got to at least break it up with an orange white stripe. Um, but I don't think we're going to see a throwback. Um, I think Nike realizes that while throwbacks may work as a third jersey or an alternate, um, for the new uniforms, they're going to want to put their stamp on it, just like they did with the Jets. So I'm hoping you're going to get something along those lines that it's restrained. It keeps the classic orange and brown color scheme. Um, they'll probably have a third jersey. It'll probably be orange. That's okay. And they'll probably have a couple of different pairs of pants. But if they put regular striping and sort of hark back to the, to the, to the striping that they had before on the orange or rather on the brown and white jerseys, I think fans will be happy. They just went nuts with what they did, um, you know, with the Browns on the leg that really just looks, you know, high school or college, um, the big Cleveland across the front, they get rid of those elements, put normal striping on there. And I think you'll find that uh, everybody's pretty happy with it. Who's got the best jerseys in the NFL? Wow. Um, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, you, you, you gotta love the Raiders. They've had that look forever. I personally, because I happen to like green and gold, I like the Packers. Um, and I think that those are probably my, my top two, but there are a lot of, you know, you could probably name 10 teams who wear like the San Francisco 49ers went back to sort of a classic look. The Jets prior to this went back to a classic look. The Giants have gone back to a classic look. Teams go back to those classic looks or stick with them for 50 years, like the Kansas city chiefs for a reason. They're, they're good designs. So those would probably be, you know, if those five or six teams I just named would probably be up there. Phil Hecken with us on the show. Phil, hey, real quick, who's got the best baseball jersey other than, like, the Yankees and Cubs and Red Sox? Well, I wouldn't say that the Yankees, Cubs, or Red Sox have the best jersey. I actually like Ooh. the St. Louis Cardinals and always have. It's something about the birds on bat and um, just the classic, uh, you know, the script that they have. Um, they don't wear a lot of, uh, you know, alternate. I mean, they have the cream colored, um, home Saturdays and now they have the, uh, the, the baby blue, um, full baby blue, not just the baby blue Jersey, the, the top and bottoms that they wear for Saturday road games. But I think the classic Cardinals home white is, is really, uh, probably my, my favorite, uh, MLB Jersey. I was going to let you go. And now I got another one here. Phil Hecken with us on 
the show. Hey, what's the what's the trend you hate the most? I know you said black for black sake earlier. What's a trend you hate the most that might be creeping up in pro or even college as well? All sports. Well, just the alternate jersey proliferation. Um, teams, you know, for years in baseball and football and basketball had a home uniform and a road uniform. Um, and now every team, it seems, in baseball and, 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 of course, if you look at the NFL, almost all teams have a third jersey. And I don't just mean the color rush. Um, that's really um, been, the, the, I don't want to say the bane of my existence as a, as a uniform critic, but it's something that, that's been coming for the last 20 years, really, and, and, and more so even now. And a lot of it, again, it's not driven because the jersey looks good. It's driven for sales. You know, if you, if you um, are a Yankees fan, you have a home uniform, a home jersey, and a road jersey that you wear, and that's, and that's it, and that's fine. But other teams, you know, they want to sell more jerseys for whatever reason. And, again, I, I hate to sound cynical that a lot of uniform design is now prefaced upon what will sell. But the alternate jersey craze in, in all the sports, I mean, look at the NBA. With, they've got some teams have six or seven different uniforms now. Oh, it's yeah. just it's too much, and it, and it hurts a team's identity. Phil, I can't thank you enough for it. All the very best to you. Hope to track you down here again very, very soon when the next jerseys come out. Thank you, buddy. Awesome, Ken. Thank you very much. Thank you, the great Phil Heck, and check him out. Sporting News as well as UniWatch.com. Has a full breakdown of the Jets as well as the For Better, For Worse with a bunch of teams out there. Has the Lions on there. Has the Dolphins, Vikings, Buccaneers with all their redesigns when you look at some of those NFL jerseys. Tom doesn't like the jerseys. Peter Schwartz likes them for the new Jets jerseys. At least I think Phil. Tom doesn't like them, do you? No, Tom's on the phone with Phil. But I think that Tom doesn't like them. I don't like them. And people always wonder, they're like, really, people in Cleveland hate those jerseys that much? Go look at the Odell Beckham Jr. press conference. They didn't even want to hand him the actual game day jersey. They gave him a color rush jersey. <laughs> they do not like those things, and they can't wait to get out of them. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up next, listen, I don't set out to get all political, but I will if I'm forced to. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.